made me more curious about Big Popper and um, Big Popper. Big Popper. Is that a big jalapeno popper? Hello. He's just covered in cream cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. learned something recently i learned that you can't trust a bob as in the haircut or somebody the human named a, na- a person named bob or an english policeman are they I called bobs? bobby there's bobbies. bobbies bobby bobby <laughs> no. Anyway, no just why? bobs why because we watched la bomba oh, and learned bob. a valuable lesson about bob yeah yeah yeah, we'll talk about it soon, I We're guess. We're going to talk about it. Know. Yeah, guys, guess what? Guess what, kids? I did it. I watched La Bamba. You it's... watched a movie. I watched a movie. <laughs> I did it, everyone. I watched La Bamba. It took Ashley four years, but she got me to watch a movie. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Because <laughs> I... we, You know we are morally obligated every episode to do at least one bad British accent. And there's not going to be a chance in the rest of this episode. So I have to do it now. <laughs> I think you always have chances. Yeah. Always. <laughs> you always have a chance to make a bad British accent. Yeah. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm bloated and miserable. That's I'm Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> and it is... Still our end times, friend times journey. And, of course, we got to bring our friend to the end. So we're bringing our friend, Scott Riders Bagel Basket. Bam, 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 bam. Woo. Who better Hello, to talk about babies? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Was, Apparently, that's all the Big Bopper says, by the way. That's something else I learned I mean, in pretty La much. Just, I just learned about all this, kind of. Not really, but kind of. Yes. So in this episode, we are talking about the film La Bamba, which if you are any sort of rock candy stan slash fan, I don't know what your age is, so I'm assuming on both ends, Yeah, uh, you will know that Ashley references La Bamba at least five times a year. Yeah. I gotta get my quota in. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have to get my bad British accent, you have to get your La Bamba references. When when I got the message... Do you want to do La Bamba? I knew what it was for, and I was like, "Really, <laughs> me? Yeah, you. You want to come on talk about La Bamba? I feel like actually too. It's it's very like, it's very it very makes much makes sense, with Scott, because we did that thing you do. We yeah. did Spinal Tap. Well, that thing you do was on mine. Yeah, I know. Well, go find Scott's yeah. episodes because it was a delight. And and I'm gonna have you on to do Lord of the Rings. Oh fuck. I mean, like all of them. Do we have well, twelve hours? That's well, an not, entire not. podcast on it in and on of itself. Ashley, this was <laughs> your idea. You texted when? me in, like maybe three months ago, saying, "Hey, are you ever going to do Lord of the Rings on your podcast?" 
can we do it? And by can we, I mean we're doing it. I was drunk. Yes, we were that. definitely drunk. Because I think usually like after we're done drink. recording. No, no, no we, we were, were drunk. drunk. No, no, I know you were drunk, but I wasn't. So I was like, oh, wow, okay. I mean, we meant it. I'm sure we, look, when it comes to Lord of the Rings, we don't fuck around. Because I no. said, yeah, sure, but I'm not doing any of that Hobbit movie shit. Oh, no, but I do remember that because oh, then yeah, you all started talking we about like, the, Hobbit. the Hobbit. sucks. And no. then I got sad because I like the Hobbit movies. I like the they're first one, but... I mean, they bad. don't suck. They're just not great. They're movies. They exist. <laughs> they're fun. I liked them. Anyway, how dare you easily distract us with Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Oh, Billy Boyd, I hope you're listening and you hear that we talk about Lord of the Rings every episode. <laughs> now now I'm super self-conscious. Like, I'm like, I want him to find me funny. <laughs> say something funny. <laughs> Damn it, Scott, say something funny. <laughs> then I just Billy start Boyd crying. Like I'm so sorry. I love Seed of Chucky. <laughs> oh, I never saw Seed of Chucky. Oh, he's no, so good we are not it. talking about Seed of Chucky. We are talking about La Bamba, the movie yes. That Ashley was always like, why the fuck haven't you seen this? And now I have. And I have to say, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. and learned a lot from this movie. Um, I did not realize that Richie Valens did La Bamba. I did not realize that Richie Valens was a musician of color. I think the reason I did not realize Richie Valens did La Bamba, though, was because Los Lobos covered it. And I think I was always like, oh, it's Los Lobos. And yeah. Like, yeah. I never made that... There's a lot of things I learned here. Also, I learned to never trust a Bob. Yeah. You can't trust a Bob. Before we dive in, uh, anybody want to talk about their drinking? I'm drinking uh, I'm drinking a really good brown ale. You know what? Well, I'm going to pimp out a local company because we just went to a brew fest and apparently I came home with like an insane amount of beer and woke up the next morning very hungover like, why do I have so much beer? Also, <laughs> that, did I embarrass myself? Is that what's behind the curtain is just a shit ton of beer? Like actually, 20 cases? <laughs> it's actually just, it's books, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's books. That'd be amazing if like it's just different types of themed beer. <laughs> that would be great. That'd actually be Have wonderful. our own beverage center. <laughs> this oh, is God. Stevie Someday. Hops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stevie Hops. Uh, no, I am drinking from Hank Hudson Brewing Company, Jersey Girl Brown Ale. It is, and I want to talk about it because it's actually really fucking good. I'm not a brown ale person. But that this was is good. Good. Their sour that we had was really good too. Which I apparently have two of those. Didn't really. Yeah. I brought all this oh, home. I grabbed those. Yeah, you did. So I was like, she's gonna want these. <laughs> she's gonna want all of these. Yeah. Just, I was like, Maggie, do you want to take any beer home? You're like, yeah. <laughs> all right packing up some four packs let's go i don't even know how we got these it's fine it's fine (laughs) this is fine i'm still hungover we technically worked that beer festival we get to take these dude i'm not even saying we technically worked it we 100 we did and uh you're drinking uh i'm drinking a mystery cider i really have no idea what this is i love it oh is it Uh, like the airheads guess the mystery flavor no it's uh i mean kind of I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Um, our friend gave it to us or gave it to me. He was like, yeah, this is, you know, on tap in the meadery. So I brought you a bottle of it. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but thank you. <laughs> oh, you know what? It tastes like an apple wine. It's very nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's good. It is. Well, you, Scott, I know you're a heavy drinker. You got like 50 <laughs> fucking Budweiser cans behind you. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, here in my booth where what's behind me is just styrofoam. Uh, create the theater of egg. the mind. <laughs> you eat uh, a whole lot of so- eggs to get that booth behind you, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm drinking is I was trying to decide whether I be a Bob and have a beer or mm. I be Richie Val- Valens and have Coke and have Aww. Coke. Oh, Richie but, Valens did love Coke. Yeah, th- Coca-Cola kids. <laughs> um, Sorry, Coca-Cola. No, but there, there's so many Coca-Cola bottles in this movie that I'm like, why isn't this movie sponsored by Coke? It might be. It wasn't. Oh, well, I got nothing. Well, I think the when, it was, when it was made, I think Diet Coke was like the big thing and they didn't have Diet Coke back then. So they couldn't yeah. put Diet Coke in the movie. Oh. They barely oh. had Sprite. Oh, yeah. I just realized what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because I forgot. This is a movie. Okay, so La Bamba is a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. It came out in 89? 87. 87. Because and it's a year also later, a... he did Stand and Deliver. Mm-hmm. Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> How am I going to get through to these kids? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's La Bamba was made in 87, came out in 87, but it was about 1959? 58 to 59. Yeah. So it's very confusing for me as a woman in 2022 to have to like (laughs) connect all of those dots. Well, if you had seen it when you were four years old, like you were supposed to. (laughs) Yeah, that's when I thought. As an adult, you're like, I shouldn't watch this. I mean, it was fine. There was nothing really bad in it. Except Except for Bob. Except for Bob. And like, I didn't even understand those parts when I was a kid. So I just kind of glossed over it. I just knew Bob was an asshole. I Uh, wasn't allowed to watch the first five minutes because Elizabeth Pena is naked. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally forgot about that in the beginning of the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't remember any of this because I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> I don't even remember her. I don't even remember her being actually naked. Side boob. Like I don't remember seeing that when I was a kid. I don't know. I saw plenty of side boob when I was a kid. Fine, (laughs) it's fine. And I turned out just great. (laughs) Why are you twitching? (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, this is the movie of why I'm terrified of flying. Like I saw this movie when I was four years old. And my parents were like, "We're going to Disney World," and I'm like, "I just watched La Bamba. This is a terrible idea." Mm. Well, the beginning of the movie <laughs> is just—it's kind of confusing because it's obviously supposed to be like they use a different kind of film technique, so it's supposed to be like a different era, and it's just kids playing on a playground oh and two airplanes <laughs> smashed together in midair over the playground. And it's just falling pieces of plane on fire falling on children and mass hysteria. And you're like, um, what? I was so <laughs> fucking confused. I'm like, wait, is that is that the plane crash? And you were like, no. And I'm no. like, what? This is a flashback. But also you're supposed to, I don't know if you're supposed to, but I got the impression that Richie was on the playground that day. But he wasn't. But he was not. It was his school that it happens at. And like, apparently, I don't know if they said it in the movie or in I read it somewhere that he, he like, said it his, in the movie. his He was at his grandfather's friend, funeral. His grandfather's funeral, that's right. No, yeah. I'm saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if it was true or not or if they just put it in the movie. He said that one of his best friends was killed by like falling fuselage. Yeah. Yeah, he did say that. Um and the way the screenwriter found out about that is um Connie Venezuela basically her and Bob dictated everything to the screenwriter. He when he found out about Richie Valens, he went searching all throughout California. He went to the San Fernando Valley, went to everywhere, and he's like, I can't find this family. And they're like, oh, yeah, they live like 10 minutes down the road. (laughs) And he goes knocking on the door. He's like, hi, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I made this documentary. Can I make a movie about your son? And they're like, yeah, sure. (laughs) That's how the movie was made. (laughs) And that's it. I I mean, and I'm sure we'll get into more of it later, but I do know that the family, this was a passion project for them, too, and they... They felt that after they made this film, it was like closure for them with what happened. So, yeah. you know, which is sad. Yeah, I was really, man, I was really bummed out watching this movie, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a very upsetting movie. It's a great movie, but and And I sad. was very impressed because I did a little side research after we watched it because I had so many questions like, is that real? Is that real? Is that real? Is that real? And so finally, I was just like doing my own little digging around. Like most of the film is pretty accurate. Like they changed a few little details, but the general overall story is accurate. They had to condense some things just because of time and making it linear and make sense. But like for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I was impressed. Like Like the actual coin toss. The coin toss took, took place at the the concert yeah backstage which i mean i guess they wanted it in front of the plane for like drama dramatic effect oh yeah we'll get we'll get there it's it yeah i i got really sad in the research because i had to i had to watch this but i also had to watch bugsy malone for hell is a musical (laughs) and so i'm just a husk of a man right now i'm no longer a human I'm very sad. I have no idea about the Bugsy Malone movie. I don't either, but I saw you post it, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but it looks terrible. Listen to the podcast. Don't watch the movie. That's usually what I. That's usually what I do. That's even though it's free on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, that's a big sign. But also, I think we should mention on the date of this recording, January thirty first, it is the anniversary of that terrible plane crash. The, not at the not over the, day the, the music died, but the day Richie Valens' best childhood friend died. Yeah, yeah, that's in four days. The day the music died. Yeah, we're also very close to that too. So I thought it, I thought it was February 9th. February third. Oh, okay. Yeah, still. I still love how the movie opens up with, like, Richie is happy throughout this whole movie. Every time he gets like kicked in the jaw he just stands back up and he's yep. like here's my guitar which that guitar was not the <laughs> right appropriate guitar apparently fender wouldn't <laughs> let them use the actual guitar uh connie venezuela had the guitar and they're like use the guitar and they're like no we need to sell guitars you use the 87 model but that's stupid. I, I was like i feel like this guitar looks too modern but, like, what do I know? I'm just an irrelevant 50-year-old witch. Yeah. So what do I know? Wasn't it, like, a really pretty metallic, like, green starburst yep. kind of thing? 
Yeah, which didn't really that, make sense no. for the 50s. Yeah. Mm. I just picture like some douchebag from Pender be like, no, 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 you don't put that on screen. You put this one. But, <laughs> God, I but, fucking hate capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Fist to the air. No. Fuck you, capitalism. Uh, yeah. And I even was like, did they really grow up on like an orange farm? Which we couldn't figure farm. out. We couldn't figure out which fruit oh, it apricot. was. Apricot. That's right. It's apricots. Yeah. I thought it was oranges, and you I said it was peaches. But maybe we were both right. Maybe it was just the presidents of the United States of America trying to throw us off. Those motherfuckers. Well, you see, Maggie and Ashley, when an orange and a peach love each other very much, <laughs> they have sex, and an apricot is born. All right. I mean, I don't know. I feel like an apricot <laughs> that- is like you take like an orange and an. And you know what? Let's just, just keep going. Smash so, him. Uh, let's just, we're just I, I want you to finish that. Where were you just, going? You're taking they're orange. They're just smashing it. <laughs> they're smooshing. They're just smooshing it. So, yeah. No, but I mean, uh, yeah. So Bob comes in and he's like, hey, everybody, I have just got out of jail and I have a bunch of money. Let's leave. <laughs> hey. I love Bob. how Connie, but <laughs> Connie's like, I know where that money comes from. And he's like, you don't know nothing. It's not from drugs. Guess what? It's, it's from drugs. drugs. From drugs. But yeah, and then yeah, I thought that Richie was with Oh my, Rosie? Rosie. I thought they he were was. together. They were. Well, were they together or were was he just like Jones and Honor? I mean, they were like holding hands and smooching, but that's about it. Oh, were they? I missed that. I don't remember that part. Cuz when when What's his name? When Bob shows up, he has his arm around Rosie and oh, like, he "This does. is Rosie. This is my Rosie." Yep. And Bob's, and then Bob's like, like, "Nope, not anymore." <laughs> Fucking and he... Bob. And then he basically rapes her. It's great. It's not. Great. Side side note: rapes terrible. Don't fucking do it, assholes. <laughs> not that I need to say that, but I also need to say that. But you and you that, were even it's... like, I never realized what they were doing when I was a kid. Like, yeah, I didn't until this viewing either. I was like, oh, no. I didn't either because I, like, turned my head for one minute to yell at one of my 20 trash animals. And I turned around. And I'm like, oh, damn, they're fucking now. And now she's like, I wouldn't say they're fucking. <laughs> oh, like, oh, they're going to do it. And I'm like, they don't. Well, Rosie doesn't want Rosie's to. Rosie's definitely not about this. Oh, God. And, like, so, yeah, right off the bat, you're like, well, Bob's a piece of shit. Yeah. I think as soon as he rolled up on his motorcycle, I was like, this piece of shit. And you're like, why? And then you're like, like, look at the hair. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. Look at that hair. He is no Lou Diamond Phillips. No. No. Apparently, Lou Diamond Phillips is like the nicest guy in the world. He seems like a nice boy. All I mean, my friends I've only who work seen on him movies. in La Bamba, but still. but also, can we talk about how there is not a Hispanic bone in that man's body? No, no, no. not at all. No, no. I I, I wonder and, if he might even think that mayonnaise is too spicy. And then he went on to play a Native American man in Young Guns, and I believe Young Guns too. Not a Native American bone in his body either. <sighs> I thought he was. No, no he's Italian. No, he's not. Oh, he's he? Filipino. I thought he was Italian. Oh. He might have Italian in him, too, but he definitely does not have... I don't think he's Native American, and he's definitely not Hispanic. Like, I, because, I never saw because oh of God. this movie, I became obsessed with Lou Diamond Phillips, so I watched Stand and Deliver, Young Guns, Young Guns 2. Oh, my God. 
That's you about have, it. You have Tiger Beat pictures of Lou Diamond Phillips all over your walls. Hey, like, I have that headshot that says Scott Stay Classy. Oh my God. And you, you're just like, how do I get through to this Lou Diamond <laughs> Phillips? Can we just be best friends? I want no, to be right? best friends with him and Zach Morris. No, you don't. No, not no. not Mark Paul Gossler, Zach Morris. Uh, no. Oh, no, you don't. No, Zach Morris is trash. No. I was sh- four years old. I didn't know better. <laughs> oh, okay. You're talking about four-year-old Scott. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll let you have this. Yeah. So- no, adult me would be obsessed with Joe Pantaleone. Who? Joey Pants. Joey his, Pants. His, his record a- producer. His record producer. Cypher from The Matrix. In La Bamba, he was Richie's producer. He was the white guy. I who thought was his name like, was Bob. Yeah, oh. but his real real name <laughs> is Joey, pa- uh, Joey, Joey Pantaleone. Pantaleone. Joey Pants. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, Joey Pants and Johnny Legs. <laughs> Joey Pants and John. Wait, who's Johnny Legs? John Leguizamo. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. That, that's nope, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm there. I, I made the mistake of watching this, Selena, and mm. Encanto back to back. I'm like, that's not oh, a mistake. That's, that's a not good a mistake. Evening. Oh, my God. I mean, emotionally. No, th- all Wait, three I are fantastic seen, movies. I have not seen Encanto yet. No spoilers, but Selena. Oh. But yeah, I, I again, another movie that, like, surprisingly accurate for life and it's probably just because like the families were involved and i was really exactly. surprised that bob was okay with showing how much of a huge piece of shit he was. well he totally understood that he was a huge piece of shit like most people don't have that and kind he, of reflection though yeah i think he passed away pretty recently yeah i think like yeah. a couple um, years ago but colon cancer prostate he, cancer colon cancer i think um but he like he was well aware that he was a piece of shit when he was younger and he continued being a piece of shit for a little while, but got himself cleaned up and like made like a decent life for himself. Yeah. Did he ever become an animator? No, I don't think so. Okay. Cause like how excited, mean. how excited he gets when he's like Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, it's Woody Woodpecker, bro. He's like, no, these are really cool. And everyone's, and everyone's like, like, did you trace that? And he's like, no. It's like, yeah, totally you probably did. <laughs> right off the bat, uh, Ricky's into, uh, Richie, excuse me. Richie's into Ricky. Ricky. I mean, it could have worked for the time as well. Ricky was big back then. Yeah, you had Ricky Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess, yeah, that's pretty accurate too, like, once he got a guitar in his hands and I think it was like eight, it was pretty young. He was like, I think like 11 or something. And his dad got him a guitar and it's like, here you go. And mm-hmm. he's like, yep. And like all he did was walk around with his little guitar in his hands after that. I love that he, so then they move up to a nice place and then he goes to a nice little school with a bunch of little, little fucking white people. Yeah. And he's still walking around school with a fucking guitar on a string around his fucking shoulder. No backpack. That would have gotten All guitar. stolen, too. No, it wouldn't have, because he fucking always wore it. What He's was like, he going to do? What did he do with it when he was actually in class? He probably just sat in his fucking desk with it in his lap. With like, the oh. guitar neck sticking out into the aisle, like, smacking <laughs> the next student's elbow or some shit. Damn it, Richie. I said to stop. He tries to get up too fast and hits the strings and makes all sorts of noise. <laughs> Keep it down. Richie, we're trying can to, you... We're, we, we're, there's a pop quiz, Richie. Can you stop? 
Sorry, We're learning yeah. about Pleasantville. <laughs> I'm just picturing him every time, like, the teacher says something and then turns around to the chalkboard to write something. He does, like, the jackass twang. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hold on. Richie might be the coolest kid in school now. <laughs> He's yeah, he, he just sets the mood for any time someone yeah. says something. And I will say, too, I guess, like, because he's always so happy. And I mean, maybe people are just saying this because, like, post-mortem. Maybe it's because he was young and, you know, full of full of hope and light. But, like... Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. <laughs> but everybody said, yeah, no, he was always, like, a really nice, sweet, happy kid. Yeah. And I was like, As long Aw. as he wasn't the asshole that would sit in the courtyard at lunch and play Dave Matthews songs on his guitar... <laughs> Like, hey, y'all want to play hacky sack? <laughs> he was not anyway, big you know, granola. Who brought the hack today? You guys like fish? <laughs> oh, I know this 12-minute fish song. I can play the whole thing. Guys, I like Steely Dan. Here we go, reeling in the evening. <laughs> is that is that Steely Dan? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That might be the only Steely Dan song I know. Do you think he would change the lyrics to Ricky Don't Lose That Number to Richie Don't Lose That Number? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Richie like, don't lose that number we already, he already named a song after his girlfriend so why not okay that was the thing that I, I totally didn't realize I didn't realize Donna was him me I, neither I, I thought you. I knew come on let's go and La Bamba were him I thought Donna was Ricky Nelson and then when oh. I learned it was him I was like okay I like it better now <laughs> Well, I didn't realize, like, it was, because t- you're watching the movie, and you meet Donna, cute little blonde girl. Who is very sweet, but also one of the most basic women I, I have know, ever I seen like, in a movie. She, you could do better. Like, I'm, I'm hoping the real Donna is not like that. No, she is. They actually did, like, an on-spot, spot-on <laughs> of casting her. Oh, on-spot. Okay. Well, that's upsetting. I mean, she seems like a lovely person. Yeah, but also her dad fucking sucks. Her dad sucks. Her dad yeah. can get fucked. Her yeah, dad was really... played by Mis- Mr. Dewey from uh, from Family Man. Uh, not uh, Fam- Growing Pains. Growing Pains. The principal from Growing Pains was her dad. He's also been in a bunch of other stuff. He was that also I know the principal in Forrest Gump. He was. <laughs> yes. the- Is there a Mr. Gump? Mrs. Gump. <laughs> Mother really values your education, son. <laughs> ew, ew, oh no, oh god. Oh. So he always plays a piece of shit. Good. Yeah, he always plays a piece of shit. His name is Sam Anderson. Poor, poor Sanderson. Samderson. Sam Anderson. He didn't ask for this. <laughs> but yeah, the minute they introduced Donna, I'm like, oh shit, did he write Donna? And Ashley's like, yeah, Maggie. <laughs> Just in case anyone... Glad you figured that one out Just based on this biopic. <laughs> this biopic. Biopic? Yeah, I thought you called it a biopic. I don't know what I call it anymore. I literally sit Correct around... Correct is biopic. Correct is biopic. You call it biopic. You call it biopic. <laughs> and now I call it biopic. Like, So this biopic about Donna... Yeah. <laughs> what if he just like pulled a, a Paul Thomas Anderson and it just shift narrative completely? It's like, no, it's not about Richie Valens. It's all about how Donna felt when he died. Oh my God. Well, yeah. we can we can get to that because there's some fucked up shit I found out after he died. Not not on Don on Donna's part, but not Donna's fault. Donna's well, dad she was is a 17. Piece of shit. Yeah. 
She was just 17, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Every 60s song ever. All the way through the 80s, there was that one really terrible 80s metal band that did the She's Only 17 song. Stop singing about 17-year-olds. Was it Winger? Was it Rat? It was one of those. Was it Winged Rat? I think it was Winged Rat. Rat Wings. Rat Wings. I love Wings. Love Wings. So... She kind of, at first she seems really basic, and then she kind of turns into a bitch when she's like, I've been out with other suitors, and he's like, yeah, you're I've my girl. Dates. I'm gonna, you know what, I am gonna defend Donna. Like, her dad was a piece of shit. It's the 50s. Like, most women felt like they were pretty much tied up if their dads were like, man, I don't like him. And especially because he was like, is he Italian? If I were Donna, I'd be like, yes, he's very Italian, daddy. He's Sicilian, actually. <laughs> He'd probably still be somewhat racist, but, like, yeah. not as racist. <laughs> He's got connections. Wink. And then like, oh, oh, by all means. By all means, take my daughter out. Ugh, no, Please man, don't kill so, me. That's so gross. I fucking hate dads that are, like, you know, they'll greet the boyfriend with a gun at the door, like, you take my daughter out. It's like, fucking, let your fucking daughter, you know what? Teach her like how to respect and love herself and say no to bad situations and also teach men to not be shit. Can I like go off on a tangent for a hot second? All right, let's sit here for the tangent. So we have a local like DJ team in our local uh, classic rock radio station. Oh no. And we actually have two separate radio classic rock radio stations that have like their morning DJs. One mm. of them is very conservative, one of them is very liberal. So I usually in my five minute drive to work I listen to the liberal one because I can't be bothered to connect my phone to my Bluetooth. So one day they had on it was a phone interview because it was COVID and they had on this woman, she was like 21, 22 or something. She gave up a full scholarship to Duke University to be a porn star. Because she was making fucking bank being like doing porn. And she's like, I understand that I only have so many years to be able to do this, but I can make so much money that I will never have to work again if I manage my money correctly. And also, like, if she would rather do that, she she has every right to do that. Yeah. Like, do fucking live your life. Yeah. So one of the DJs fucking asks her this question stop it don't do it oh no what what should i tell my daughter so that she doesn't end up doing what you're doing and i'm out and she was she paused for a second she's like you have to understand that you do not police your daughter's body once she turns 18 she can go and do whatever she wants to do. If she wants to be a porn star, she's allowed to. And he like cut her off and fucking screamed at her like, get off your fucking whatever high horse. And don't you're such a um like a you're a bad lady. Basically, you're a, you're a bad lady. And Did he <laughs> shame her? Yeah, Seriously? he totally he fucking shamed why? her. Why did you have a porn star on if you don't? 
yeah like porn stars like he didn't swear at her but he was basically like fuck you who are you to tell me what to do with my own daughter and your daughter off- will certainly tell you what she's gonna fucking do yeah. when she turns 18 like, motherfucker. get off your high horse you're such an egotistical asshole blah 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 and she hung up on him good and then they cut good. to commercial and they never spoke of it again but and it- i'm like what is wrong with you yeah. first of all what fucking kind of question is that to ask anybody yeah. i don't it's care it's a bad what. question that's it what is it is a terrible question to ask anybody and like who, who do you think you are that you are actually controlling your daughter's body right if she wants but, to do that she has every right to do it as long as she's being safe yeah and right and you said she had the stats too like like how how like fiscally uh, fiscally responsible you know, she was yeah. being about it and she all that. She went to like, fucking Duke University for like two years and then made the financially smart decision, honestly, mm-hmm. to quit this really like expensive college that she is going to be saddled with student loans with for the rest of her life and went and ma- went and did something that she likes to do, enjoys doing, knows she's good at and makes a fuck ton of money. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah, it's crazy because if you think about it then in terms of like, Back in like it's a little like the Labamba time, the Labamba times, <laughs> Labamba times. <laughs> but like seriously, like that's like only like what fifty some odd years ago. Yeah, and yeah. it's like we've made a lot of progress yeah. in the terms of like women are being more assertive and saying like, well, fuck you if you're not gonna fucking treat me with respect. I don't have to fucking listen to your bullshit. But like. We still always have to be, like, this subject to, like, men being like, well, I mean, how do I stop my daughter from doing something I don't want her to do? And it's like, you, sir, don't own your daughter. How about you take your dick, put it up your own butthole, and sit on it? How about that? That sounds great. And if you like it, I'm not even going to judge you for it. Maybe you will. And then maybe it'll open your brain a little bit. And maybe you won't be a piece of shit to your daughter. Yeah. So, like, Donna just wants to date Richie. Her dad's like... Mm, coloreds though yeah and then she had to be like she's like richie treats me really well it's like no you need a white man that beats the shit out of you that's what i want for my daughter with a black eye then i don't want it (laughs) i feel like i feel like that's what they say half the time yeah but yeah so when when donna had to be a piece of shit to richie she had to be a piece of shit in front of her dad and her mom who were just like Honey, you can't do But she also had to be a piece of shit to like for herself because that was the only way she could handle or justify like breaking Breaking things off with him and trying to force herself to not have feelings for him. And also force him to not come because like if every time he'd come back to her, she'd be like, But I like Richie. Yeah. And then he oh then he made that song. It was really sweet. He's like singing to her at the payphone. And it was a hit. And it was a fuck you Donna's dad. Yeah. Well, no, fuck it. Let's just talk about it now then. So then, because we're just talking (laughs) about Donna right now. So when Richie dies, apparently IRL, Donna made a couple songs about grieving about Richie. She made songs. She made songs. And it was because her dad- Can she sing? I mean, can anyone? No. (laughs) It's fine. They were fine. But okay. like I don't even I actually didn't even listen to them because I was like this seems cringy. But I was reading about how she I get her dad was like trying to fucking make bank off of like her popularity of being Richie's girlfriend being and being the Donna of being Donna. So after he died, her dad's like, no, 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 you should make these songs. And she really didn't want to, 
for a bajillion obvious reasons. But when your dad's an asshole, you have to do what your dad says. Especially when it's the 50s. Who is her dad? Kit Culkin? Like, <laughs> yes, actually it <laughs> Michael is. Michael Lohan? <laughs> I don't know who these references are. I'm Macaulay sorry. Culkin's Macaulay dad Culkin's dad. And Lindsay Lohan's dad. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate you. For I could have said me I could have said Joe Jackson also, but then I didn't want you to get confused with the other Joe Jackson. I actually for a second was like Joe Jackson has kid. Oh, that Joe Jackson. <laughs> the point is, so she actually like I think at one point after a few years stopped talking to her dad because she was like, you know, fuck Good. you. You a treated Richie like shit. B made me do all this shit I didn't want to do. So I think it was like. Once she was old enough, she was kind of like, go fuck yourself, dad. Well, good. So moral of all of this is to say. Donna's pretty okay. Donna's okay. First (laughs) of all, and like her and like Richie's family loved her. Like she became a member of the family. Like, you know, they all got each other through the grief. Yeah. She was like learning how to make all their meals and like spending time. Like when Richie would be on the road. Like spaghetti for breakfast? (laughs) I forgot. Did you forget about spaghetti for breakfast? That was gross. You saw it, right? I did. They ate spaghetti. Like you cold and I had, spaghetti. No, we, we, had we had to rewind movie. it and we like pause it. it. Three times, paused it, and had a legit debate. Because she was like, no, it's eggs with like salsa. And I'm like, no, that's fucking spaghetti. It was like chopped up spaghetti. <laughs> that is Betty spaghetti for breakfast. <laughs> I was like, no, how fucking dare you? Fucking eat whatever you want for breakfast. I know, but I just don't like spaghetti for breakfast. Anything is a breakfast food if you eat it for breakfast. Period. <laughs> I'd rather have cake. That's a breakfast food. <laughs> I mean, if, food. if you think about it, the stuff that's in cake is the same stuff that's in pancakes. And just in cereal. No, not necessarily, but still. Cereal is just as bad as eating a slice of cake for breakfast. Why do you think I fucking love cereal? That's why kids fucking love it. It is not nutritious. It's straight up sugar and milk. I love it. Well, also, so that's why I would dump like a half a cup of sugar on my kicks every morning. Kid tested. Mother approved. Covered and in sugar. Covered in sugar. Going back to Donna, when she finds out about Richie's death, I love how it's some no-name girl who's like, you need to hear it from me. <laughs> like, I know. Yes. She's like, and I'm like, who the fuck is this girl? Like, she could just be like, are you sitting This you fucking bitch down. just wants to be like, I was the one that told Donna that Richie died. Oh my God. You know, she used that fucking cred to get her through the rest of high school, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but did I tell you about me? And how I told Donna. I told Donna. Hey, guess what? Your boyfriend died. <laughs> but he got to meet Buddy Holly when he did it. Like, <laughs> like, if you look at that tour, that was like. I mean, that was like, I don't want to say warp tour, but. That... <laughs> nope, it was the warp tour of the 1950s. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was like, what's another tour that has a whole bunch of headliners? I guess in Boston, there's the Collins Fest, but. <laughs> Boston See, I'm, Calling. I'm mad. Yeah, I've heard it. I won't go because Boston knows what it did. <laughs> um, No, it's so funny because I'm like, I wish I took notes while I was watching this because we didn't even watch it that long ago but i'm still just like okay so then donna and then so then he, he like, joins the silhouettes yeah yeah and then and that the, fucking guy the that saxophone fucking player guy, guy. Um, fucking guy i just find it fucking hilarious that like we're kind of supposed to believe that these guys are in high school yes but they the all look like they're guy. about 45 balding and have about five kids each that they fucking hate and they smoke cigarettes <laughs> in the garage and nobody knows <laughs> well the the drummer and Richie look like they're in high school. Everyone yes. else. 
There was like the bald guy who was, I think, playing bass. The lead singer was definitely at least like 25. But one of what my are you favorite... talking about? <laughs> I could pass for 15. <laughs> one no. of my favorite parts that always stuck with me was the dance that they that like Richie debuted at. Yeah. And, like his mom and his little sisters oh. are watching from their car outside. And the lead singer is just so overly intense. It's so bad. What was the woman's name? Was it Marlena? He's like, Marlena! Marlena! I love you! It's like, dude, calm down. Marlena does not like you anymore. Marlena isn't even here. Like, calm down. I know you're trying to reach her, man, but it's not not like this. See, He in killed like... Marlena. He definitely <laughs> murdered Marlena. Yeah. It's saved. a true crime song. That makes sense. My God. The way he was They'll never it. find no. a body, Marlena. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Saxophone Jones. Oh, yeah. And then the saxophone. I mean, I was here for the saxophone, Jones, though. Yeah. But then they played another show at the, was it like a VFW or American Legion? The American Legion. Legion. And Bob came and fucking ruined it because it's Bob and he started a fight. Bob, like, he is like, oh, Richie, are you finally starting to make it? Nope. Let me steal your girl. In the worst way possible. And fuck up this American Legion. Well, Guys, they yeah. don't have a whole lot to begin with. Did you American see who the Legion. name of his, his gang was? I almost said bicycle gang. Motorcycle oh, gang. I did. The Galloping I... Gooses. That's right. I missed they, that. They were a real organization, yes, too. Yes, they were. Hmm. Yeah. I think they were pretty small, but yeah. they did operate in the area at that time, and he was part of it. Well, shit. Yeah. Um, fucking Bob. So yeah, that happened, and then was it after that that the silhouettes, or the fucking saxophonist beat it? Well, yeah, no, and it I was before know. that. He because he uh, brings them to the American Legion, and the saxophone saxophone Jones is like, yes, they're not gonna let us play here, and I decide what the band does, and they're like, they're gonna give us money, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but why was he like they're not gonna let us play here? I thought it was that he like didn't want to play at American Legion because right. it looks lame. Yeah, because he's a well, piece of shit. Because he didn't think of it is what it comes down to. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like He was like, I don't think this is the right vibe, guys. And they're yeah, like, the- nah, I think it is. And I'm I don't know how pretty sure this- we're just going to play what we can get. Bob? Yeah. No, your name's not Bob. It could be Bob. It's, it's Bob now. Um, oh, I like saxophone Jones. <laughs> saxophone Bob. That's <laughs> both worlds. Yeah. No, but I don't know how accurate that story is if it's just like genuinely like everyone's like kind of Richie's better at this than you are, so you can go now. He did fuck off from the silhouettes. Oh yeah, he definitely um, fucked off. I don't I can't remember what the actual circumstances but were. But this isn't like the Bohemian Rhapsody like I'm going to make a chant for us. Dun dun. Ch- yeah. It's not like that, right? <laughs> like I mean, 10 was... years after it actually was written. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, that okay. was true though. What? In Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, that was one of the few things that got right is Brian wanted to write a song that like people could like sing and clap along with because he wanted the audience to be a part of the I thought they made John Deacon write it in the movie. No. Yeah, it was John Deacon. Yeah, it was yeah. John Deacon. And he wrote it like five years after they actually wrote it in real right. life. Yeah, See, it was, it was Tim from Jurassic Park. <laughs> you're making me mad <laughs> all over again. about Bohemian Rhapsody all over again. But and, like, that's what movie biopics do sometimes, is they're like, oh, yeah, that's where I got the idea to write this. And that's- I will say this, too. La Bamba does the same thing that Bohemian Rhapsody does in the sense it's like they call it La Bamba. And, like, I get it's La Bamba because, like, that's his famous song. 
but he's got a lot of famous songs. I don't know. Is this a song about La Bamba or is this a song about Richie Valens? He pretty much only has three uh, famous songs. They could have called the movie Come On and Let's Go. Or- yeah. Yeah. Because I don't really know that one. I actually, I fun. like La Bamba as the name of the movie because not only does... Not only was La Bamba one of his hits, he was one of the very first people to make a hit out of a traditional Spanish speaking song. I might get I might get added, but I do think it is the first like it might be. I think it is the first song to like be in the charts that's in yeah. a different language. But also it uh Nat King Cole. They mentioned how Nat King Cole. Uh, oh, was it Nat King Cole? Yeah, he I think he did a French song. Can't remember what it was, but this well, is Spanish, the first Spanish-speaking one, All right, I think. Well, Spanish me, language one. Yeah, but um, how oh, was that King Cole around that long? Yeah, yeah, he died in the sixties. No shit. The last movie he did was Capaloo, and then he died. But anyway, the other point I was trying to make was that La Bamba tells you it's going to be about somebody who is Latino. Yes, and I yeah, you're, and you know what? because that right. was a big part of his life was his heritage, whether yeah. he promoted it or not. Right, which he kind of did because he released La Bamba and it was a huge hit. Right, like the fact that he insisted, he's like, no, I promise you, bitches are going to love this yeah. song, and even Panties Joey's gonna drop. For and La even Bamba. Joey Pants was like. No, I really want you to do it in in English. And he's like, "Fuck you, no." It's not gonna read. Yeah, yeah, but I love how Joey Pants was like, "Okay, okay, you're wink, right. wink." I'm just Joey Pants. I go along for the ride. See, <laughs> Fuck like you, Cipher. Oh, but <laughs> that's but all I, I think Joey of. Pants, Joey Pants grew on me. Considering, oh, I love Joey Pants. Considering, um, how shitty most 1950s, 60s producers were, he was pretty um tame yeah he was pretty like inoffensive and maybe it's because richie was so young but he did seem to have like an active interest in who he is as a person and his yeah. family which was nice he did make richie change his name yeah which isn't nice which isn't cool which that's gross but i do but- appreciate that he kept the last name hispanic sounding yeah yeah valance yeah and he pretty much all he did was like shorten his actual name right so it so, could have been worse. Yeah, you could have named I, him like Frank Thompson. <laughs> and everyone's like, mm, I don't think he came from fucking Bristol. <laughs> so I looked it up. Nat King Cole in 1958 released Cole Espanol, where he did Quaza, Quaza, Quaza. And that was his big hit. And that was oh. around, that was like a few months before La Bamba came out. So, you know what? They're friends. They're holding hands. They're holding hands in the park. They're skipping around together. Did they Harry, both did it. Did Harry Belafonte ever do um, anything non-English? I feel like he must have. I Maybe? I am no pro on Harry would, Belafonte. I suppose it would only would be French. I don't know. Yeah. Me neither. So, Day of the Music died. <laughs> <laughs> Is that... That's our segue into that? Yeah, that's mm. how I segue into things now. This is what I do. Yeah, I don't know. I do think it is wild, though, that... um, They get there pretty fast, too. Yeah, well, but not only that, but I guess, like, Rich... I still am having a hard time comprehending how fast Richie Valens' career... Well, can we first talk about how he bought his mama fucking house and how fucking adorable his mother is? Oh, my God. 
I don't yeah. know her in real life. I don't know like I haven't seen any footage of her in real life. She oh, is yeah, in yeah, the movie. She's in the movie. She's in yeah. the um the home video at the beginning. Yeah. Um She's but- also at at that at that party where he's playing his guitar at the beginning yep. of the movie. She's sitting next to him. While they're eating food, she's yeah. like she's like playing like an abuela or something. Yeah, and it's looks so completely cute. unimpressed, oh, and yeah. I love it. Um, but the woman who plays Richie's mom in the movie, I fucking love her. This is the second Ros- movie we're talking about with her in it. In Rosanna a row. Desoto. What other movie did? Wasn't she in Strangeland? No, that's Elizabeth Pina. Pina. Yeah. Rosie. Rosie is in both. Rosie. Oh, but was I were, you know what? Land. It still counts. It still we counts. We still are talking about her in two weeks. There in is a, row. a through line between these two <laughs> fucking. <laughs> and if you break, if you break tradition and do The Incredibles, she plays Mirage. I don't know that movie. I mean, I know what that movie is. The Incredibles was actually really good. Yeah, she's the yeah. femme fatale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Rosanna DeSoto. Yeah. She's a fantastic actress, and I like her a lot. And she was just very sweet and charming as Richie's mom. And, and then she was when... in Stand and Deliver, too. How's she going to get through to Richie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but when Richie bought them a house, and like he brings his mom and his little sisters in, and he's oh. like, and this is where we're going to put the pool. And they're like, yay. I'm like, And she's I... like, no. She's like, no, they're going to drown. And <laughs> they're <laughs> but also she like did. that's cute but also like yes it, it this movie is heartbreaking to watch because i mean by all accounts richie was genuine genuinely this kind of person yeah and like he was so young and all he wanted to do was buy his mom a house he wanted that's to it. buy his mom a fucking house and how sweet is that and then bob walks around all drunk like everybody likes you better and he's Richie's like well, yeah. where's my house it's like you didn't do shit to get a house bob bob like fucking you already like, bought a house it. dude yeah, you bought a trailer that you beat that Rosie you rape in. your girlfriend in. So cool, thanks. I, I thought he bought the house too. I thought like everything on that land was his. I mean, maybe I thought that was all just a bunch of trailers, but maybe I was wrong. No, there was the house. There was, uh, it was. It's a very small and very dingy okay. looking house. But then there was a, a mobile trailer okay. next to it, yep. and that was there. Okay, yeah. But the point but that- is, Bob, stop it. <laughs> The nice house was filmed exactly across the street from it was the, re- the real house. the real house, which which when I, I when I found that out, I was like, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry. But also, I, I'm gonna Google Map this. <laughs> well, I found out too. Like, it sucks. Like, they lost the house. Like, what? Like, ten years later or something. I'm yeah. I mean, without yeah. Richie, they yeah. probably couldn't afford, afford it. it. Which in, I understand. Yeah. Because also in in nineteen. 19- 58 59 they weren't doing royalties really nope not unless you were white i'm sure yep. and smarter, and very smart about it i was gonna say yeah you had to be like pretty and actually had to understand the music business mm. which everybody who was actually in the music business made it very 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 difficult for the artists to understand because they wanted to make all the fucking money yes they didn't get rights <laughs> They didn't get like masters. They didn't get shit. That's what yeah. Barry Gordy did to people. He he took all of their songs. So then I guess, and I didn't look this up, but I wonder too. Then like, so then Richie's music, like any royalties, probably just went to the company. It didn't even yep. touch his family. Probably, probably. I mean, I That's I bullshit. think it went to Joey Pants because he owned the company. It was that. Oh yeah, because he did like 
most he, of the... He bought the car for Richie. He bought the house That's for... right. I would really hope that Joey Pants was, like, cool enough to be like, hey, mm-hmm. here's some money. But then again, they lost the house 10 years later. So I'm guessing he probably didn't. He probably did for, like, a minute. And then was like, all right, bye. <laughs> you can do this right bye. I'm moving to LA. Bye. Bye. So yeah, he, he bought his mom the house. He bought his mom the house. And, like, you know, Bob's all like, meh. And he's like, Where's fuck you, house? Bob. And then he's like, I'm going to go on tour with Buddy Holly. Gargle my balls, Bob. <laughs> and he leaves. Yeah. Bob, drop me screwy squirrel. <laughs> Oswald Rabbit. Chili Willy. Oh, wait. They went to that weird shaman guy. And, like, oh, well, they had oh, that Oh, yeah. Whole he takes him to Tijuana. Shaman weekend. Yeah, he went to <gasps> Tijuana. And then he broke the shaman necklace. Bob broke. Uh, oh, in a fight. Richie's shaman necklace. Wait. And he's like, oh, my God. Now I have bad luck. Yeah. And that. And he's like, oh, well. Can't be that bad. I'm going to go hang out with the big bopper and Buddy Holly now. I mean, he is hanging out. So I have to remember what the big bopper did because I'm like, what the fuck does the big bopper sing? And I, it's like, Chantilly Lace and a pretty face, a shepherd jam and a hand. And you're like, I was like, I still don't know this song. And then we and pulled up a walking. video of him doing it live and he like brings out a oh, telephone. Hello, baby. baby. My favorite part about this movie is apparently they think that's all the big bopper does. I think he does it like three times in the yeah. five minutes he is on. He has screen. like five lines, and three of them are "Hello, baby." baby. You're like, Get in I the t- plane, baby. <laughs> We're going coin, down, baby. baby. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh, oh uh, one thing that I did with research for this is the guy who plays Jackie Wilson, when they can't get Jackie Wilson to sing Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher and Higher, they get this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what they use for Ghostbusters, too, because Jackie Wilson's like, no way you're using my audio. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, this I love guy. That Brian, I love that Brian Setzer's in this movie, too, by the way. Yeah, that's a nice little surprise. I was like, oh, Straight Cat Strut. Hello. (laughs) Play some swing music. Bring me back to 1997. Oh, my God. I I loved Brian Setzer Orchestra. I did, too. Okay, good. (laughs) I remember when he used to play with Stuart Little. I was jealous when people started taking, like, swing dance lessons. My sister did. And I was like, well, I want to, but I'm too fat. (laughs) Oh, I want to, but I'm too uncoordinated. (laughs) That, too. So, Big Bopper, why does the Big Bopper make you sad? Because he's responsible. Because in the research, not only was the, the the wings of the plane, the engine was freezing, but they said there was too much weight in the plane. Yeah. Jesus H, fucking, I thought it was just because, well, because I had never heard any of that. What I heard was the pilot they had was very young and yeah. not very experienced. He did he- not have enough hours of, like, flight yes. practice to actually be able to fly a plane by himself in bad weather. Yeah, he legally right. should not have been flying that legally, plane. Legally, he should not have been flying that plane. But, like, and the then, only reason that they chartered the plane in the first place was because their bus had, like, no nightmare. heat. And they were traveling, like, the Midwest and the top of the United States. So, like, it was fucking freezing. And one of their crew members got fucking frostbite. Yeah. One it of was wearing Jennings. Was it Whalen Jennings or was it the basis? It was one of their. 
It, no, it was one of their was, either band okay. members or crew members. Oh, yeah. I don't, well, no, because Waylon Jennings. So Buddy Holly's band, which was Waylon Jennings and some other dude were supposed to be the ones on the plane. But right. I don't think either of them got the frostbite. I think you're right. I think it was like a tech. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't a road crew. They didn't have a road crew. But I think it was, it was like a, a backup band yeah. guy. Because I remember uh, Buddy Holly said to Waylon Jennings, uh, I hope you freeze your ass off. And Waylon said, I hope your plane crashes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And he's well, like, to this what? day, that has haunted me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those Duke boys. Yeah. But like oh. they wanted to, they were, so they were in Iowa and they had another, The they had a show the next night that was like 400 miles away. Yeah. In fuck. a fucking snowstorm. And Buddy Holly, I think, was like, fuck this yeah, shit. Yeah, he chartered the plane. I am not going to sit on a freezing cold bus Literally to get frostbite to fucking haul ass 400 miles in less than 24 hours. I'm not going to fucking do that. We're taking a, a little fucking pond pup, pup. jumper yeah. airplane. So he chartered that. <laughs> I don't know why the... F- who wh- Were there no other pilots? Probably See, not. Were there none? I bet... Well, because here's the thing. You weren't supposed to be flying in that shit. There were probably no other pilots who were willing to fly in that shit. The pilot was probably like, whatever, I yeah. can fucking do it. But also, at that point, in the late 1950s, like, flight travel is still pretty fucking new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You also have to look at their in ages, a tiny, too. In a tiny fucking plane, in a snowstorm. I don't know if I would be okay doing that. I would probably just fucking... Pack myself into blankets and just deal with the bus. So, yeah, yeah, I, I see. I get what you're saying, though, Scott. Like when you're in, like you're young. Like they're all except yeah, the big so Bopper. Rick, we're Richie like was young seventeen. 20s. Yeah, Richie was seventeen. Buddy Holly was twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, and I think the, pilot- the Big Bopper was the oldest. But if you look at the twenty nine, he's twenty eight. He was twenty eight. Yeah. He didn't look twenty eight. He looked no, a, look, even Richie did not look 17. No, he like, did not. He definitely looked like mid to late 20s. Yeah. I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips was 25. So. <laughs> and he looked younger than Richie did when yeah. he unfortunately left us. But yeah, um, you're right. Like, I totally have done crazy ass stupid shit when I was in my early 20s because I was like, whatever, we just got to do this. We'll get it done. Yeah. As a woman approaching 40. I'm like, look at it a little I'll differently. Think about this. For look at it a little differently. <laughs> but they didn't get very far. Yeah, it wasn't that. It long was either off. miles. Fu- it was either 500 yards or like. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that. It, it was six miles, according according to um the IMDb trivia. They got so six they miles. Basically, went up and then immediately went down. Yeah, yeah. They did not get very far at all. Fuck! I didn't realize it was that. Holy shit. But like nobody knew that they that they crashed. Right. And Why I don't think you? anybody even started looking for them until the next morning when they were like, "Oh fuck, this flight never came in." <laughs> and then they started looking for them Jesus. and found them like very very close to the airport. It was it was pretty gruesome too. Like I think what was it the the big bopper got flown thrown from the plane like before mm-hmm. it crashed. I think Buddy and Richie were still in the plane, but then the pilot got flung like into like a nearby farm or something after the crash or something. It was didn't the plane well, catch fire too. I don't remember. I don't know, but I think it initially like took a nosedive, hit the ground, and then cartwheeled. And as it yes, cartwheeled, it. it flung people out of it. Right. 
including the big bopper i'm assuming because he was the bigger one and had like the most momentum probably or just from where he was sitting oh maybe yeah um, that's I easily thought that i thought that richie at least was also flown from oh the... maybe maybe i'm wrong i thought i read that the pilot was the only one that was actually still in the plane in his seat oh maybe i misinterpreted yeah you're right it's you're probably still right. messed up that's it's so, so it's fucked up fucking it's terrible and it's a nightmare it's so fucking tragic because like yeah, like you see all these points in where it could have been prevented. I guess. So many points. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so many things that could have been better to prevent this. And But at the same time, like I can 100% see where Buddy Holly was coming from and being like, no, I fucking can't do this anymore. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, this is really just the fault of the fucking music companies and labels. Because how the fuck do you have these primo, super popular incredibly well-selling yeah. like musicians on tour together and they're in a shit bus yeah. with like no accommodations well like getting frostbite well back tour, then the record labels were like tour managers they, did not yeah. exist and the record labels were the ones that booked all the shows and they booked them in a way that made no fucking sense yeah, yeah. so like you could be in texas one night Montana the next night and then Indiana the next night right. back to Texas then over to Alabama and then back to Louisiana and like you're they don't going geography yeah, yeah like it didn't matter it was just whoever wanted to book them for that night that's where they were going and oh yeah you only have this one bus well and, and they don't... were basically converted school buses yes they were converted yeah. school buses and I just don't understand though how you can't hear your clients being like this is unlivable and be like whatever just tough it up but also at that time they're like we're gonna do whatever we have to do to you know stay on this label get our music out there and get people to buy shit it's fucking tragic i always wondered i always wondered if buddy holly and richie valens lived and the big bopper how big would have they become oh my goodness because I, I say and the Big Bopper because he had one hit. The other two had at least four songs. I think Richie would have been huge. Buddy Holly would have been even bigger than he is now. Yeah. I, I don't know about Richie... the Big Bopper. Who knows? Big Bopper might have been a dark horse. We don't know. But I think we'll he never was, know. I think he was kind of a novelty. Yeah, probably. I think his his you know novelty would have worn off pretty quickly. You so. mean you're going to get sick of hello, baby. A little bit. <laughs> little fucking bit i also feel like a horse when i say that <laughs> i know right like Hello, you're mr ed <laughs> oh, <baby. laughs> oh. um like elvis the horse is he just being horse elvis horse elvis yeah maybe i don't know elvis Elvis. i don't know this movie made me sad and mad and all sorts of things and like i just never knew that much about the day the music died like i of course Thanks, Don McLean. Know plenty about it, but also, like, I don't know. Um, like, Don McLean can get fucked, pretty much. I don't like him. Oh. Um, he's not a good dude. Did we yeah. discover that? A while ago. Okay. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. Um, but I think the most iconic moment of this movie that everyone oh knows, even if you haven't seen La Bamba. Besides is, Sleepwalk. Besides yeah. Sleepwalk is... Bob, end. at the very end, was he on a bridge? Richie! He was, he was on a bridge, and he just lets out a fucking 
Richie. <laughs> that was very here. Stella of me, which is not good, but you know. Richie. <laughs> I just imagine that that actor um in a, in an audition, they were just like, "But can you belt out Richie?" He's like, "Yup." Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Just pretend you're standing on a bridge. You're really heartbroken. And uh, just yell Richie as loud as you can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's all we need. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, but I actually, I read, um, like, I feel like the, probably like the saddest thing. Sweetest, saddest. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was youngest sister, but one of um, yeah, Richie's sisters went on sad yep. when mm. they were doing the coin toss scene and she goes up. She and lost she it. She just like lost it on Lou Diamond Phillips and just hugs him. And she's like, please, why did you have to go on the plane? Please you know? don't and go just on the like, plane, Richie. Oh, yeah. and I'm just like, stop. Yeah. I well, cannot handle the emotions for that. He the was same just, thing ugh. happened with Selena's dad when he saw Selena. Oh, yeah. He was, he was like, he didn't show up on the set the day they filmed that scene. But when he went to the theater, Basically, he had to leave because he couldn't stop crying. Yeah. And I can't fucking blame you. Like, having to live that tragedy, like, it's cathartic and traumatizing at the same time. Yeah. Like, having to relive that awful fucking... Because all you want to do... Literally the worst day of your life. Yeah, you just want to... You want to fix it. You want to, like, find the one little way you could have fucking fixed it. And it's just like you relive that every time you relive that trauma. And it's so fucking sad. And well, I was the, just, oh. The guy, the guy who lost the coin toss. Yeah. He talked about it up until he died that like he was so like he didn't know how to feel because he was supposed to be on the plane. Mm-hmm. And he he basically kind of huffed and puffed. Oh, man, I, that was supposed to be my plane. Why yeah. did they give my seat to Richie? And then he was like, "Yeah, I'm. I don't know what to think. I feel terrible." <laughs> there, I mean, even for him and Whalen, you know, there is survivor's guilt, even for stuff like that, where it's yeah. like, "I was supposed to," and they were one hundred percent, one hundred percent supposed to be on that plane. And I, I believe it was the big bopper who was like, "No, let me and Richie on there. We need to perform. We need to be on yeah. point." Didn't Whalen Jennings go in a uh, like a fucking bender not long after this oh i'm sure i would yeah yeah because like he he kind of spiraled for a while i don't know if it was directly after this but there was a point when he was just fucking spiraling and i know that because of walk the line (laughs) (laughs) because he was living with johnny cash when johnny cash was spiraling (laughs) oh my god is that like living with john lennon on his lost weekend which was actually two years Actually, his lost weekend, which was two years, was the best time of John Lennon's life. And actually, when he was most like good, cool, yeah, and like was that not when he was with with Harry Nilsson. Yes, oh, yes, that too. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, if the best two years of your life are hanging out with Harry Nilsson, who has had so many people die in his apartment, oh like, my God, what does that say about people. the rest of your life? <laughs> too many people have died in Harry Nilsson's apartment. Anyway, backtracking. Yes. And I mean, God, you know, now that we've been talking about all these musicians, so many musicians must feel like this weird survivor's guilt from like either a tragic plane accident, a fucking horrible murder, drug overdoses. Like, drug overdoses. There is so much. I've never realized it until right now. There is so much survivor guilt in music 
Yeah. And I'm sure acting too, but we're a music podcast, so whatever. <laughs> but in the world of music, I bet like at least 40 to 50% of musicians have survivor's guilt. At Did least you... the older ones. Yeah. Did you notice who played Buddy Holly? No. It's Marshall Crenshaw. Who's that? Oh, he was a big 80s uh, alternative guy. <laughs> You're so cute. You're like, he was a big 80s. I'm like, I lost my momentum. Guy. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, it sounds familiar. I'm like, I'm not the musician guy. I'm not the music person. Look, there's a lot of music out there, Scott. We're still learning a day at a time. It's been four years and we still don't know everyone. He, he was like, He was like 80s Michael Stipe. I, I thought Michael, Michael Stipe, the 80s Michael Stipe. <laughs> like, he was early 80s, and then Michael's like, don't worry, I'll take the baton from here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I bet you anything, too, there are people screaming into their whatevers that they listen to their podcasts on, and someone will send us a song, and we'll be like, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> I still think it's crazy that he looks more like Elvis Costello than he does like Buddy Holly in this. But I also felt like when But we... sometimes Elvis Costello looks more Buddy Holly than Buddy Holly. But even more than Elvis Costello, I feel like Frankie we're Munoz. watching Oh no, no. And walk hard. Oh maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, but like definitely Rivers Cuomo saw this movie when he was a kid and he was like, That's what I'm gonna do. He's like, Got it. Got it. it. He's like, I'm trying to start a band and I just don't know what to. Got it. Yeah. Maybe I'll even write a song and call it Buddy Holly and just say ooey ooh all the time. I look just make like a lot Buddy of people Holly. like me in the 90s and then they're going to really hate me in the early 2000s and then late 2000s and then 2020. Yep. It's, and then forever. What? It's only going to get worse from here, people. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I own one Weezer album. See, people, if you keep encouraging Weezer and buying their songs, they're just going to keep making more. They're just going to keep making more. And if at, for every time somebody says, well, that cover of Africa isn't too bad. I'm going to slap you. Rivers Cuomo is like, yes. And like <laughs> just sucking all the life force out of like everything I'm, else. And just, I'm not trying to give him any ideas. But... Like a plate of breakfast spaghetti, just <laughs> sucking it down. That's what Rivers Cuomo is, is a plate of cold breakfast spaghetti. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't do The Day the Music Died, the album. With like Richie Scott, Dawson's. Scott, you know you just made that happen, You just put right? that out there and now he's gonna do it. You son of a bitch. You know he <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> No one listens to this podcast. Billy Boyd listens to this podcast. Hey, okay? Billy, I hope you still listen. He's probably like, no, I, I had to quit. Love you, <laughs> Billy. You guys kept You're my referencing me by name and it weirded me out. <laughs> We're not friends. <laughs> I, you, your friend paid to make a cam- for me to make a cameo. And now you think we're friends. I do. We're not friends. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm left with this. I feel like La Bamba left me with a lot of emotions that I wasn't expecting. Oh, me too. Like, I mean, it's a very good movie. It's an amazing movie. Except, it still like, holds up. I hate the fucking like intersected plane parts. And I know what they were trying to do with the plane crash stuff, but it was very bad. <laughs> I don't think it was as bad 
as you think. Okay, it's it is. not egregious, but it was very not, jarring. Like, I was like, oh, this is no. I'm not saying nowhere. that. Like, it, I'm not saying what you're saying isn't valid. It is, but <laughs> I think <laughs> it is very jarring. But I think that's the point yeah. of it is that you're supposed to be like fucking weirded out especially because he died on a plane oh god well, it's so fucking upsetting because he hated planes and the what like again you know the tr- like conditions were bad if this kid's like i fucking i know i'm gonna die on a plane but you know what i don't want to get frostbite and i have like pneumonia right now yeah. so let's see what happens oh, yeah he was sick too he was super sick yeah. um i, but I like, always get thrown off because they cut to the scene of him and uh joey pants and he's like we got to take a plan and when i was like five years old i'm like no don't (laughs) he's like we got to get to banston i'm like dick clark doesn't need you that bad this is dick clark's fault can we everything is dick Dick clark's i think so why not all right kids moral of the story it's dick clark's fault he knows what he did anybody named dick you can blame everything on all right kids final thoughts so as we all know i fucking love this movie as a child yeah i'm pretty sure that i had i believe it was mm, i had my mother taped this off of the television for me (laughs) off of hbo um probably yeah um because we had a stolen black box that an (laughs) illegal black oh yeah we've talked about this yeah um so she would tape stuff so that we didn't have to keep trying to catch it on HBO because you know that van's driving around the town detecting if you have a stolen black box. Um, so I had this. I believe it was this and Never Ending Story on the same blank tape. So you know this one was fucking... Oh, wait, no. I had this and Honey, No, it kids. wasn't. So I had one tape that was Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Never Ending Story and Labyrinth. And then okay. we had another one that was La Bamba and Dirty Dancing. That was my mom's tape, but we watched it all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, what? Actually, what? this is not for you. This is mommy's time. <laughs> but also, no, we would watch it all the fucking time because oh, me yeah. and my sister fucking love La Bamba. So watching this as a kid, there's a lot of stuff you don't understand. And like, I was just really into the music and really into like learning about the culture and like this was something that was very different from my extremely white bread existence in the northeast in the northeast (laughs) of new york (laughs) a rural white existence Mm. so like this was one of the few times when i was really little that i could like look at something that was different for me and it was interesting and i liked the music i really liked la bamba the song because it was cultural it was different and it was (laughs) poppy but also accessible Mm. so like i was really into movies that had like strong music vibes to them so Mm -hmm. this was Mm -hmm. definitely a jam for me and like like i said before i was a kid i didn't understand the rape i didn't really like i knew bob was a dick but i didn't really understand why right or like the nuances behind his story why he was a dick why he had all of these troubles, why he like thought maybe animation was his ticket out or something. Because he was really high. And to me, as like a four-year-old, I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> you're just a garbage man. Um, and then you, as, an, as a 38-year-old woman, you're like, me as hey, a, you're a garbage man. Me, as a 38-year-old woman, is watching this again for the first time in like, what, 15 years? 15, 20 years, probably? Oh, and I'm like... 
Bob's still a dick, but there are layers to his dickness. Yeah. Yeah. And there's... <laughs> Bob can just fucking gargle my balls on so many different levels. I'm glad he got his shit together in real life later on yeah. down the road. I hope he, he like understands that like his eldest child well not even his eldest child because he said he had children before Mm. but one of his children or many of his children were the product of rape and i hope he fucking reckoned with that and apologized to some of the ladies that he fucking rapes yeah he's still a piece of shit but now viewing this movie as an adult there are so many different layers to it and you can i always thought it was such an awesome upbeat wonderful movie as a kid watching it as an adult i'm like there is sadness in this movie oh yeah so much there are levels in this movie i am viewing this as a jaded (laughs) like you know stupid liberal kind of person now and i'm like i have to reckon with so many different aspects of this movie now as an adult that understands so much more yeah yeah, that's hard to do with a movie that you absolutely loved as a child. But this is why you this is why you don't let your kids watch rated R movies when they're four, I guess. I or it's only PG-13. <laughs> or you let them. Or you let them. But because I think like, I mean, it's still an important yeah. movie and it's still. This isn't something that's breaking me by any no. means, but it's just like, oh, fuck. I have to think about this now. Whereas it before it existed as a childhood movie that was very simplistic and joyful. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, it's kind of sad. It is. Yeah. But I think that also makes it an even better movie. Yeah. Because you can revisit it when you're older and learn new things. But also La Bamba's still a fucking jam. It so. is still a fucking jam. Let's talk about that. I mean, <laughs> they have to end the movie on such a ha- happy note after like all of this misery. They end it. <laughs> They ended with the music video coming up. They're like, yeah, that was really sad. But here he is playing La Bamba. Yeah. I felt so weird. (laughs) That's such an 80s thing to do because I felt so weird. I'm like, I, because it ends with the whole Bob going, Richie. And you see them running up the hill. There is nothing. It literally ends exactly with his death. And you're just and like, also, fuck. it's fucked up that his entire family had to learn of his death on the fucking radio. radio. Even his manager, like even John Pants. Joey Pants. Joey Pants, Joey Pants had to learn <laughs> about his death on the radio. Everybody had to like hear it on the radio. And it's like, that's fuck, man. That's fucked well, up. Joey Pants is like, oh, there's my meal ticket. Like, I would like to think mm-hmm. he was slightly more upset, but I don't know. I'm making yeah. I'm I'm coloring him in a in a lens that Joey, I would like to see him. Joey Pants is kind of an enigma. Mm. Yeah. Wrapped in a burrito. <laughs> but yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think it's just I don't have as deep thoughts as you. Like I genuinely was just like I didn't know shit about Richie Valens. Maybe more curious about Big Popper and um Big Popper. Is big popper. Big jal- is that a big jalapeno popper? Oh Hello. He's just covered in cream cheese. <laughs> Fuck. Some deep fried gold. <laughs> I almost called a big papa, so you know what? I don't know what's worse. He's not notorious B.I.G. And he's he's a, he's a notorious H.O.T. <laughs> I feel like popper. I feel like that's what you find at a '50s themed diner. You got the big poppers. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is the basis for our own 50s theme diner. Beautiful. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we serve cold breakfast spaghetti. <laughs> oh, you you have worst. the buddy holla French toast. Oh, yo, that sounds fucking delicious. That's delightful. This is the, not the worst idea we've I know. come up with. Hold on. It would be a better 50s themed diner than any other 50, 50s themed diner. Yes. I think so. Agreed. It did make me want to learn more about Big Bopper, about buddy holly about that whole thing because i was really insanely ignorant to that story i mm-hmm. knew i knew like you know the facts just the facts ma'am but like now yeah. i'm curious about these people who passed away and like the people who could have been involved and yeah. weren't yeah i, I mean the buddy holly Whale- story is also a really good one too i didn't know Waylon jennings was buddy holly's guitarist so like yeah this mm-hmm. adds layers and depth and interest and gives me Kind of just this newfound respect for um, a time in music that I've usually glossed over. It makes me almost a little bit sad that we're ending because I would like to deep dive into Buddy Holly and Waylon Jennings and yeah. maybe the Big Bopper, but also I'm not upset that we're ending. Because, <laughs> like, yo, time is a thing and we don't have it yeah. anymore. Free time. You mean adequate amounts of time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Scott, let's hear your thoughts. I loved this movie as a kid, not knowing anything that was going on. I'm like, oh man, Richie's just so cool. He's um, so God. cool. I mean, and because he's, I was he's running up a hill with a guitar. He's cool. Apparently, cool. I was so obsessed with this. According to my mom, I'd be like four years old, running around in my underwears singing La Bamba. Oh, but you don't Scotty. know the actual word, so it's la 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 bamba. Yeah, that's literally what I would do. Or I would say bamba. And my mom's like, no, you were in a diaper. I'm like, I was four when I saw the movie. If I was in a diaper when I was four, we have a problem. Mom. You're not telling me things I really need to know. (laughs) But I I just love, even Los Lobos being, I mean, they were the singing voice for Richie. Mm -hmm. And Lou Diamond Phillips gives such a good performance. I just love how excited when he goes to Tijuana and he goes, oh, La Bamba. And he gets so excited. It's so cute. But also Los Lobos' rendition of La Bamba is fantastic. Really, really good. This was nominated for Golden Golden Blimp Award at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. It existed back then? Yeah. They nominated this. They also nominated uh, this at the MTV Movie Awards, too. Yeah, that makes makes sense. But the Academy Awards looked this over. And this is what is the fucking shame about the Academy, is that really great films made by um, minority filmmakers, they get overlooked all the time it's like people it's, of color are just completely like glossed over yeah no, i mean no way no way it, it's bullshit because <laughs> this got looked over when selena came out like i love selena uh, i love that movie I that mean, got looked over selena anything <laughs> but this film is just so well made and it handles mm. situations about family status so mm. well because family status and just um status of people of color in society period especially in the 1950s um and especially in california because there were so many migrant communities that would be in california um during certain times of the year because they could get work working in fucking apricot groves and shit yeah 
Um, and and fuck Principal Dewey from Growing Pains. Seriously, yeah, fuck that though. guy. Fuck that uh, guy. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, is that this movie is not only a really well-done biopic. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I did it. But it is also, you're right, it's, it's a very important look into like socioeconomic class race all of those things as well and just like fucking the story of a kid who just wanted to play the guitar and he did it really well and he was influenced by his life and he did such a fucking great job and his life was actually was like transcending racial lines by Mm -hmm. having a small handful of hits and that was almost unheard of at that point so like It fucking really sucks that his life was snuffed out so early mm-hmm. as a fucking seventeen-year-old that had so year. much that had so much potential beyond his years, and be, you know, it, it really fucking thing. sucks. Yeah. yeah, he had like one year, and he had and three he hits in that one year. Just imagine the shit he could have done after that. And he was never a dick about it. He was always just happy to be there. Which is really sweet. Yeah, you very don't see a lot. Unassuming huh. dude. And like, I think he understood that like there were racial factors at play here. There were class factors at play. And he didn't want to step on anybody's toes. But he w- he did also like when he was confident about something, he stuck he stood yes. by his guns, which yes. is awesome. Yes. Yeah, this is a great fucking movie. This this is one of, you know, I don't know how many biopics we want to say are really good, but, like, this is a pretty spot-on biopic. Yep. This this and Walk the Line are pretty good. And I saw what you did there. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I don't think Walk the Line's that good. Oh, I like mm. Walk the Line. Okay, I like it's, Walk the Line. It's as an movie. entertaining do, movie it as is a not biopic. Accurate. It's a bad oh, biopic. Oh, I meant Walk Hard. <laughs> oh, no, Walk Hard <laughs> is perfect. Because it, it's the same movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh yeah, so yeah, those are our thoughts on La Bamba. Ba da 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 bamba. Those are the lyrics. Yes. As a white woman, I can <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, but yes, I am really glad that I finally watched La Bamba. It was a great movie. Too. You did it. Yeah, Ashley, just, you did it. There's a lot more heaviness to it now that yeah. I am an adult. But I think that I don't know, for me that made it a great movie. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just like some fluff 80s I'm not, piece. Yeah, I'm not saying it was bad or anything, but like when you're a child and you watch it, it's just it's just kind of fun. And yeah, this guy died and that sucked. But also, this is a really fun song. As an adult, you're like, this is oh. poignant. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen shit. So I can yeah. relate to this on a lot of levels. Yeah. Well, that's it. We yeah. talked about La Bamba. We brought Scott in. Scott's expertise. <laughs> anyway. If you need more expertise, Scott's, Scott's your bro. Scott's your boy. You got two amazing podcasts. Thank you. So why don't you tell the peeps about them? Well, you've been on both of them. Yeah. Uh, I have Writer's <laughs> Bagel Basket. If you don't know about them. <laughs> I have Writer's Bagel Basket where I use my snobby expertise to talk about TV and film. Uh, and then I have Hell is a Musical where I use my snobby expertise to talk <laughs> about musicals and try and get my best friend Lils Martin to actually like musicals and I failed with Bugsy Malone. <laughs> I don't think anyone was going to pass with Bugsy yeah. Malone. Oh no, I, I did it because I hated that musical as a kid and I, I, I was like, you have to see how batshit crazy this is. 
<laughs> hey, you succeeded once uh, when we were on. With Lil's yeah. anyway, not with Ashley. You will yeah, never yeah, succeed no, with you Ashley. You will never succeed with me. I mean, Sorry. we we want you back on to do uh, uh, Rock of Ages. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to rip and it apart. Hush. We're going to rip it apart. Oh, absolutely. Tear a new butthole. I'm going to fucking cat scratch fever that shit. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Oh, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We love you and appreciate you. And just in case you don't know, there's only two episodes of Rock Candy left. And one of them, we are going to answer your questions. So we need questions, people. Toss us your questions. Send them to our email. Literally anything. They... Did you just say email cunt? I was going to say email contact <laughs> us at rockcandypodcast.com, which is our email. But email cunt. Email it, cunt. <laughs> fuck. But like, um, literally anything. Yeah, literally anything. We don't give a fuck. Even if it's fucking stupid. We're we going to will... get drunk and we're just going to answer questions. Even if you want to do one of those, one, those stupid like would you rather things. Oh my God. Would love it. She would. I will have an existential crisis over it. It'll Which actually we just pretty much did with Pine of Comics. Comics that'll come out soon. That's going to come out soon. So take a look at uh, Pine of Comics and watch for that. there. But yeah. That's a good episode. But yeah. And if you want our opinions on musicians or different types of music, if there's anything, honestly, if you send in something like right now, like before February Mm -hmm. or like, you know, at the very first couple days of February and you're like, take a listen to this, tell me what you think. I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. So do that. But if it's like February 10th, I'm not going to do it. Even if you just want our opinions on shit. Yeah. We'll we're just going to fucking toss you whatever. Because I don't know. Why not? Sure. That's what we're, we're here for you. The last episode is for you. The yeah. fans. And uh, yeah. So other than that, uh, go check out our website, rockcandypodcast.com. You can also contact us or just check us out through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Those are all social media platforms that we are on. Yeah. And our merch is still up. Yeah, we're never going to get rid of the merch. So. Yeah, merch is always there. That's always going to be there, bitch. Anyway, yeah. So that's what we got for this week. Thank you all again for tuning in. And until next week, mm-hmm. party on Ashley. Party on Maggie. And party on Scott. Party on to both of you. And party on your crazy kids out there. <laughs>